Let's go live with Jack Kelly. Hey, welcome everybody. So today, today's topic, I think a lot of people are going through this. I want to talk about why it takes so damn long to go through an interview process and a hiring process. And then sometimes come out with nothing and getting ghosted. And this, this is, I know it's a big problem. And I got to tell you, I'm going to be very transparent what goes on behind the scenes, which is probably going to lose me a lot of business. But at this point, I don't care. I rather just share with everybody what's behind the scenes, what's behind the curtain, why this is going on. And let, let me give you some context. Today, I was looking at X, formerly Twitter, and there was a posting about 1,800 software engineer vice presidents were posting to a job. Now, at first blush, that might not sound like anything, but for the last bunch of years, to find a software engineer developer was so hard. The big complaints from a lot of recruiters in tech were like, that's it's just so hard to get these people, particularly ones from Fang for the big tech companies. So when now you see 1,800, you got to think, what is going on? And the last I looked at Layoffs FYI, which is a site that talks about how many layoffs in the tech sector, I want to say for, la for this year, 2023, it was like 240,000 layoffs. And I could be you know wrong about the exact numbers, but you know, they're huge. And that was one of the most vibrant part of the market. And what's happening now in the job market for white collar professionals, not so good. And the reasons behind it is these geopolitical macro events. We have high inflation, high interest rates, costs are out, you know, astronomical. There's worries about a recession. We have worries about what's going to happen in the Middle East. Is it going to kind of suck in the U.S. and other countries into, into you know, the, the, the scene? Uh, Ukraine, there's still a war going on. And you could add these things up, and there's a lot of doom and gloom out there. And for executives, for CEOs, they're not going to come out and say, oh, everything is great. I'm not afraid. This is fine. They just they hide their head and they bury it in the sand because they know that there are a lot of issues and there's a lot of problems, but they're not really saying anything because they don't want to look bad. But it is. I bet you for the most people who are watching this and people who see it in the replay and, and you, you know, later on today, next week, you've seen this. They'll post a job, you know, you look at LinkedIn and it'll say 500 people applied, 1,000, 2,000. You're like, what the heck? This is nuts. So I, what's really happening is that these companies are scared to hire. They don't want to hire. They're slow walking the process. They're ghosting candidates. And the reason is because they really are afraid to make a bad decision. And it's called analysis by paralysis. It doesn't have to be called, but that's that's kind of, in, in a sense, what it is. So what, what ends up happening, let me give you kind of what I see takes place. You have a manager who has a job. And... The manager's not dumb. They see what's going on in the economy. They know their layoffs. They know their downsizings. And to add to this, 
yesterday I saw on LinkedIn News, there are about two dozen top global companies, marquee names that are all announcing layoffs. Now, naively, I thought maybe about three, four months ago, it kind of stopped, but evidently it's not and continuing. So a manager who's looking to hire is a little concerned because they figure, what if I hire somebody, I pull the trigger, I hire somebody, and that person turns out to be just, just, just a dud. They're terrible. Now, they expended all that political capital to bring that person aboard, and the person's not working out well. And now they're in jeopardy of their job. They're worried about their job. Also, put on the other side, sometimes what happens is that a manager, supervisor, doesn't want to hire someone who's good because they worry about their own job. They worry if they're hiring, you know, Jane Doe and Jane Doe comes in and they know Jane Doe is better than they are. They're not going to hire her because they can figure, I don't want that competition. I don't want someone better than me because I could lose my job. So it's much easier to say, mm, no, let's, let's pass. Also, sometimes they don't want to hire because they want to feel more important and more needed. So let's say they have three open job recs. And if they fill all three, okay. But now that manager, they don't have as much leverage because it's all filled up. But if there are few out there, they're more important. They're going to save their job. So a lot of it is it's made decisions because what's good for the boss, for the manager, the supervisor, not necessarily for the candidate. They're just looking after themselves. Now, I know it sounds cold, but let's be frank. That's When you have a tough market, people start saying, hey, I got to be careful. I got to look out for myself. Am I saying, I'm not saying it's right, wrong, indifferent. I'm just kind of laying out what I see, right? I'm just sharing with you what I see day in, day out. It would be better if they were honest and say, hey, we're concerned about the economy. We're going to be very careful in terms of hiring. We may ask you to interview for a number of, you know, for a whole bunch of different, you know, uh, people, but it might not bear fruit, but they don't do that either. They don't manage expectations. So now when you're going through the interview process, you're thinking that they're acting with the best interests of everything, that if you're good, your resume is right on target with a job description, you have the skills, you have the background, you have the recommendations, you should have a good chance. But in a way, it's a scam because they really don't want to hire. They'll kind of poke and look around. Maybe they will hire if they find somebody who is this amazing purple unicorn squirrel, however you want to term it, that is amazing, fits everything, and will take like 50% less money to do it. Then they might say, even then, they might say, well, what's wrong with this person? <laughs> Let's, I'm not sure. But so even then, they may not. You know, hire that person. And this is this, if this, if this makes sense to you, it's it's so different than it used to be. You know, it used to be you go and you interview and you get feedback, you get some constructive criticism, and you know you have a good chance of finding the job. Now, because in my in my opinion, the companies are worried, they're scared, they there's uncertainty there's worry. So there's not a rush. So they figure, you know what? Yes, we'll put up a job posting. Yes, you know, we'll make maybe some phone interviews. 
Maybe we'll have some people in person. Maybe we'll have some Zoom calls. But there's not that eagerness to hire. And in a way, I know you probably don't want to, you didn't want to hear what I'm just saying, but I think a lot of people do want to hear because then they realize, oh, this is why I'm not finding a new job. This is why I'm not getting it. It's not because I'm bad. It's not because my former boss sabotaged me. It's not because, you know, I have a black cloud over my head. No, it's because they're not, their heart is not in recruiting and hiring right now. Are some people hired? Of course, absolutely. So am I generalizing? Yes. But is this kind of the wave that's happening? This is what you need to be aware of, that you have to understand that you're going to go jump through these hoops, go over the hurdles, go through all these interviews, do projects, write stuff for them, whatever they say to do. And then there's a high likelihood that you're not going to find something. Now, I'm not saying this to be negative or, or, or to make you depressed, but I just want you to manage, I want to manage expectations. You can still get a job. I mean, they're out there and people get hired. Absolutely. This is, I'm giving you the, you know, the base case of what to be prepared for. So if this happens to you, you don't feel that, gosh, uh, and, and your self-esteem gets hit and and you lose self-confidence because you feel like, why am I going through this? And, 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 the, and the thing is this too, that people don't generally talk about it the way we're doing right now. So they're in their bubble because nobody, well, let me take a step back. Think about it. When you meet with people, talk with people, first thing, you know, what do you usually say? Hey, how are you doing? And then the other person is, oh, I'm great. I'm doing fantastic. And then they'll list off some wonderful things they're doing and how wonderful their kids are doing, their family are doing. Very rarely do you say, hey, how are you doing? Go, I'm not so good. Uh, I, I'm looking for a job and I can't find it. And uh, I just got laid off. And no one's going to say that. They, you know, they don't say that. So you don't hear those stories. So you think when you're going through it, you're the only one. But if I could give you some solace is that this is a systemic thing, a structural thing, and there's a whole lot of other people going through this. So it's not just yourself. Um, what I, hmm. and then there's another thing that's happening, which, which, which you've probably seen as well. It's, I'll call it a decision by consensus. And what that means is, the way the hiring process works is it's not as if it used to be when I started recruiting, you'd meet with the HR, you'd meet with the hiring manager, maybe somebody, you know, senior person, and even throw in someone else. And they would try to wrap up the interview, you know, a month or so, a couple of weeks, depends, you know, how hot it is. And now, it's completely different. And this goes back to my theme in which my opinion is that these companies really don't want to hire. And even if they're going to hire, they're afraid to make a decision. And because they're afraid to make a decision, they need to get two, three, four, five, six, seven, ten 10 people involved with the whole process. And the hiring manager, the interviewer, wants that 
because the interviewer is scared to make a decision on their own. Because if it doesn't work out, they're going to look back. So what they do is they make sure they try to get six, 10 people involved, and I'm not exaggerating, into the process. Now think about that. Think about your own life. Let's say with your family, if you're at home, you know, thinking about what what to order out to eat, what Netflix show to watch. And it's maybe about 4.35, you're starting to plan. By seven o'clock, no one made a decision. Everyone's talking to each other. Everyone, what, I want to eat this. Oh, I want to have this. Oh, this show, that show. And before you know it, no food, no choice. And now like everybody's cranky and hungry and hangry and it's just a mess. And that's kind of what it is. It's so hard to get six, you know, five, six people together, you know, just like the family. Think about it. if you're going out with your friends and you, and you want to decide what, where to go, what restaurant, what, whatever. It's so hard to get a decision with four, five, six, seven people. Everyone has their opinion. And this is what's going on. So think how it's so challenging to get these opinions. Then to add to it, and again, I'm giving you the inside scoop here. What happens is this. You might have people who are germane to the role, right? You'll have the hiring manager, maybe the hiring manager's manager, maybe the hiring manager's manager's manager involved, an HR person involved. Then they throw in these like weirdos who come in, these like people from left field. Like, okay, we need Bob from accounting to come in. And like, why Bob from accounting? It makes no sense. This is not an accounting job the person's going for. And let's get, you know, Sue from um, tax. Well, like, why are you bringing, she has nothing to do with it. And oftentimes, and I'm exaggerating with like how offside, you know, they are, but you bring in these people who have really little or no connection to the actual job at hand. But they have like a veto. So let's say Bob and Sally, like, meh, I don't think Jack is that good. And they have no real understanding of what I do, what I like, what I'm involved in. They're like, no, I don't think he's so good. So nope, my vote is down. And then the hiring manager, because they're afraid, be okay. Sorry, Jack. They won't even say sorry. I'm ghosted. <laughs> I won't even hear. Hey, I'm gone. Because they don't want to make a decision that could backfire. They want to make sure everybody is on board. And the reason is why they want everybody aboard is because if, if everybody is like votes, thumbs up, yes, we want to hire this person, then it's safety in numbers. So even if something goes wrong, the hiring manager could say, hey, it's not my fault. You know, this person, that person, the other person, the other person, they all raised their hand and said, yes, I like this candidate. Let's hire him or her. So what ends up happening is that the interviewer wants to get that safety in numbers. They want to make sure that everything is good. Everyone's on the same page. So if it goes wrong, they could just shrug their shoulders and go, hey, not me. So what ends up happening, you have this analysis paralysis that goes on where they're afraid to make decisions 
they're scared to, to, to say, hey, I want so-and-so, let's hire so-and-so. I put my reputation on the line. Because that's what you said would happen in the past. They would say, you know, you would have somebody, a hiring manager say, you know what? I'm very confident in this candidate. This candidate could do it. I put my reputation on it. Let's hire this person. I don't care what Bob and Sally say, you know, hell with them. Let, let's hire this person. And then, you know, the seniors will say, hey, I respect your decision. It's your decision. You're the hiring manager. Let's do it. That's what would happen. Now it doesn't because they're scared. They're afraid. And I don't even mean to, to dump on them. I, I understand that because if the, when the market is hot, when you have a really hot economy and it's doing really well, there are lots of jobs, lots of opportunities. Things are happening. Um, you know, there's a war for talent. There's a great resignation. So there's lots of things going on. It's different because then the uh, rising tide lifts all boats. Things are good. If you lose your job, you're not as worried because you could find another job. If you're where you are and you want to you know, move within the company, that's possible. If you want to go somewhere else, you'll get a nice premium to move. Yes, that works. But in an economy like this, where it's very fragile, there's extreme uncertainty. We don't know what's going to happen. Everybody's on edge. Everyone's nervous. There's not a lot of room for error. So everybody, including hiring managers, HR, recruiters, they're all worried about, hey, am I going to make a wrong decision? And that's not good. Now, it also happens too, where on the other side of the equation, where you have the job seekers. Now, the job seekers, they're going through something similar. They also suffer a little bit from analysis paralysis. And what I mean by that is, if you're looking for a job, think about it. There've been so many layoffs and downsizing and hiring freezes. If you're currently employed, you don't want to be the last one hired and the first one fired. So as the candidate is looking for a role, they're going to be much more picky. They're going to be much more cautious about what to do. They're going to be more apt to say, hmm, it does look good, but if I'm going to leave, I want X amount of money because I'm a little concerned about the environment, the economy. And I'm not saying your company is bad, but there's been so many layoffs that could happen. So I need a you know, 20, 30% bump up from where I'm earning to make that move. Now, the company is going to say, because they're trying to cut costs, they're tightening their belt. So they're not going to go for that. And they're not going to want to pay that premium. So the person who was, was interested, but wanted that extra money to make it worthwhile, it's not going to happen. So for the people who are looking for a role, you're in a tough spot. Because if you want to ask for the money you want, and the benefits you want, and the title you want, it's going to be hard because they're try, they're, 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 they don't really want to spend money. Now, this is not all the time, and this is not for everybody, but this happens a lot. It happens enough that I think it makes sense you know, for us to talk about so that when you're looking, you have to keep in mind that you're, you're kind of battling this inertia. You're, 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 you're dealing with this blockade where they really 
pictures football, right? You have, you know, you know, the offensive line or defense line you, do, you have to go into, right? And you're, you're, you're kind of grunting and getting, you have to get through and it's hard and it's very difficult. So what, what ends up happening when you're looking, you're going to have to kind of understand as, as you're going through the search, you may not get the comp you want, the title you want, and it's going to, it's, it's going to be a rough road, but it's not you. It's not because they feel you don't have the experience, the background. They're just, they're just scared to make that decision. They want to just kind of take their time. They want to kind of make sure, is this the right person? And you're thinking, hmm, I don't know. I'm doing my research on the company. This might not make sense. So it becomes on both sides, kind of really scary. Christine, from your side, I know uh, we have our producer, Christine, there. You've been seeing this too, right? Yeah, and I actually had a question for you because I'm a little bit more cynical, as you know. <laughs> In addition to the, the belt tightening, do you think that companies are just more aware of the power imbalance because there has been a shift from the great resignation where it's now an employer's job market? So that kind of gives them the green light to take their time Hundred percent, hundred percent. I think that's exactly right. Where for a little bit of while, coming out of the you know coming out of the pandemic, you know you were able to have the you know, bare minimum Monday, acting your wage, the great resignation, all these kind of memes because the employees had the power. You know they 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 were running the show because these companies needed to staff up right afterwards. But then things turned. We went into mid-2022, and you had all this kind of austerity, cost-cutting, cost-consciousness, layoffs. So now the employers are driving the show. And one other example of it, think about it with the remote now back-to-work thing. If the employees didn't think they had the clout, they wouldn't be bossing people to come back to the office. They would say, oh, don't worry, stay remote. But the big change is that the employers know that they're in the driver's seat. So they could wait it out. They could wait, you know, months and months and months before they hire. They could give lowball offers. They could be rude and inconsiderate in the interview process. And this is if, and this is why you're probably seeing all the stuff that you're going through is not just you. Like Chris, how many times have we heard about candidates just 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 so livid that they jump through all these hoops and nothing happens? Yeah, this is definitely a topic that resonates with them. And then also just being on the recruiting side of it, how many times were have we seen where companies are not even working with a proper job description, which leads me to believe that the roles aren't even fully fleshed out. You know, if you can't give the job specs, you don't even know what the role is. So I think that it also speaks to either a company's culture or like the, their disorganization. So did you think sometimes they just put out these jobs just to build up a pipeline for the future thinking, you know, maybe eventually things will change and there's no hurry. So we'll just put it out there and see, and we'll just collect resumes and see what happens down the road. That could definitely be it. Because this is kind of a little like 
inside baseball thing where uh, I'll write about, you know, for Forbes about the, the jobs report, the monthly jobs report. And there's something called the JELTS report, which is it measures how vibrant the job market is based on companies posting jobs online. And what, what kind of bugs me is that these companies, in my opinion, put it just like Chris was mentioning, they'll put out these job descriptions that may, may or may not be real. Now, some are actual jobs, but they don't really care if someone, you know, they really don't care about hiring. They just want to put it out there. Why? They want to show, hey, we're doing well. So we're doing so well. Look at all the jobs we're posting. But it's not, it's not real in the sense that they're not going to hire. Maybe they might hire here and there, but not to the extent of where you see those job postings that you really think they're going to hire. Also, it's a way just to kind of keep a flow and see what's going on. It's called building a pipeline, you know, talent acquisition. So you're building a pipeline of all these people who are submitting their resumes with the hopes and this is how the economy always works. You know, it's ups, downs, ups, downs. So, you know, when you're downside, you could kind of bring in all those resumes. So when things turn around, you're going to have a huge inventory to choose from. So it's kind of gathering all these people. Also it gives market intelligence to see, hmm, what's out there? So they could decide if they, to, to go back to the beginning of the conversation about where on LinkedIn, um, the, uh, I'm sorry, with, with X, where there's so many people applying for these engineering jobs, now they may realize, wait a minute, I didn't realize how many software developers, software engineers are looking for jobs. Maybe we don't have to pay them as much as we were before. Maybe we don't have to uh, give as much equity as we used to give them. Maybe we don't have to give them as much bonus as we did before. Maybe we don't have to kowtow to them and get, you know, have their laundry done for them and have all these other little goodies, free breakfast, free lunch. Maybe we have to change everything. So this, this is a weird dynamic environment that's, that's shifted. And I think for most people, it feels like it shifted really quickly. I mean, we went from the pandemic, which was dreadful, to kind of everything getting a little better as there was hiring to get the economy up and running. Then things were okay. And then all of a sudden, when inflation just raged, it looks like, boom, we just got hit again. And then everything has changed. You know, everything is so different. Because with high inflation, and high interest rates, these companies used to be able to have like get, you know, borrow money at like 0% or 1%. So it, it, they could afford to hire like crazy. They could afford to do have all these excesses. Now, if they want to borrow money, it can be 5%, 6%. That's a big difference. So, so they don't have the wherewithal to do what they used to do. So the whole game has changed. So to wrap it up, I, you know, I wanted to make this kind of a short, you know, LinkedIn live to give the the caller in context on why it takes so damn long to go through the interview process and maybe get hired, because it's not like it used to be. It's a completely different animal now. It's not as if you can go and interview and and you have 
you could feel confident that, hey, if I'm going on an interview in good faith, I have a good chance of getting a job. That's not necessarily the case now. And what I want to just drill down, and I might be repetitive here, but I really want people to know it's not you. You know, it's, it's not your fault. You didn't do anything wrong. You've d- probably done everything right. It's just the cards are stacked against you right now. Now, it doesn't mean it's going to always be like that. And it's going to probably change, you know, because that's always how these economies work. You know, you have the dot-com boom and bust. You have the financial crisis, which is horrible. Then it, it, it just jumped right afterwards. You had the beginning of the pandemic where stocks cratered, you know, jobs were just lost, but then it came back. So you kind of always see this, you know, you know, seesaw of up and down, up and down, up and down. We're kind of in a little down space. And then, so when it's hard to find a job, when it's hard to interview, when you're not getting feedback, when you're being treated inconsiderately, inconsiderately because the employers right now they, as Christine mentioned, they, they're holding all the cards, they're in control. And right now they don't want to spend money. They want to tighten their belt. They will, and if they're going to hire, it's going to be not that many people. And they're going to just really want these perfect, 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 hyper-specialized kind of folks. Can I interject, Jack? Uh, absolutely. Wouldn't you say that a slow hiring process also costs them money as well? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because if it takes like seven months to fill a role, that's seven months of lost productivity. The longer a position uh, unfilled, the more your company uh, loses money. So that doesn't make sense to me either. Because then if it takes a long time, then you might have to bring in a recruiter and then that'll cost you even more money. So I just don't understand why, why it stays broken because from a business standpoint, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. That's such a great question because I always I always think of that. It's like the time. Give you give you an example. The CEO of of Spotify felt that the company was making having too many meetings, so they put on like how much it costs for each meeting to show the employees and managers this time is money. And the more you have these nonsense meetings, you know, we all know what happens in corporate America. You get to have a pre-meeting to talk about the meeting. Then you go to the meeting and then you have a debriefing about the meeting after the meeting. And it's a complete waste of time. Similarly, what Christine, you know, is saying, you know, intel- you know, smartly saying is that the same thing is happening is that if you have a person interviewing and they have to meet with three, four, five, six, seven people, and I'm not exaggerating, 10 people. Um, and these are, and I'm talking about more white collar, mid to senior level folks over the course of six months or so. Think about the time. Think about the time they put into it. And then time is money because the more time you're involved with the hiring process, particularly if you're not even really related to it and you're just dragged into it, there's an opportunity cost that's lost because you could be doing something else to help the company make money. So like, as Christine said, it's ridiculous. It's crazy. And no one is, and, and it's, it's bizarre that nobody in these companies say, wait a minute. This doesn't make, you know, this doesn't make sense. I think I even yeah, wrote a piece that if companies, I remember wrote the piece, I can't remember the title before, but if companies, you know, if if they would if if they would have to pay candidates to interview, you would see how quickly that interview process would go boom like that. 
Because if they had to actually spend money and say, okay, for every candidate at your interview, you're going to have to pay the candidate for the candidate's time, which I think is fair. So if a candidate is made to go through all these hoops, maybe they should pay, be paid. That doesn't have to be a whole lot, but something. So imagine if you pay that candidate just a little bit for the time and effort that they're putting in, and then you do that at scale, that's a lot of money. But they're doing that on their side. They're not paying the candidate, but they're paying their people to do things without any result. And you would think these companies would take a step back and say, like Chris is alluding to, wait, we're going through all these interviews, we're having all these meetings, we're getting HR involved, talent acquisition involved, um, hiring managers involved, nothing happens. So you're just spending money recklessly without any results, which is crazy. <laughs> is that kind of what you mean, Chris? Exactly. And then not to mention, it can tarnish your company's reg um, reputation if a candidate shares their negative hiring experience. Mm -hmm. And then also it dampens employee morale because then they're the ones stuck having to pick up the slack. Absolutely. Two great points. Because what happens when company says, oh, yeah, we're going to hire and they put out a job ad and and then the people who are there in that in that division, they're like, oh, okay, we're getting some help. Help is on the way. The cavalry is coming. We don't have to do it. And then time goes on and the cavalry isn't here and you're just doing all that extra work. And now no one says anything, but that's it. Now your job is to do that other person who left's job. So now you have two jobs and you're not getting paid any extra. And you're like, sucks. What the hell? <laughs> What's going on here? So now you can have a disengaged worker who's angry and bitter, and they're not going to put in the effort. And again, once again, you multiply all the people who feel that way, and the company's not going to do as well, because you got all these people who are disengaged, disgruntled, feeling put upon. And then they, the, they know that the employer knows that you know that there's not many opportunities, so they could do it to you. So you know that they know that you know that they're, make, they're taking advantage of you, and they're thinking, well, too bad. How cold blood is that, right? Yeah. Right? And then from a, as Chris mentioned, from right from a PR perspective, like you would tell all your family and friends and anyone you meet, like don't work at such and such company. Look what they did to me. I feel better. I got this all off my chest. This is great. Yeah. I, I appreciate everyone listening to my rant because I've been bottling this up. <laughs> because <laughs> so, so I hope, I hope, I hope, well, Kristen, do you have, because these are great. Any any other thing you'd like to add? I think it's also important to note for job seekers that it, the recent layoffs disproportionately impacted HR. So organizations are working with less recruiters and stuff. So mm -hmm. that also can make it feel like the hiring process is broken because the, the actual people who do the hiring aren't even there anymore. Yeah, it's it's so interesting. You're so right because when you look at, and if you ever want to kind of experiment this, whenever you see these layoffs, and if you go on LinkedIn and you see the open to work banners and hey, I lost my job kind of thing, human resources, talent acquisition, recruiters, marketing, whoosh, DEI, they just get crushed. So what happens? To be fair, to be fair, then. If what I was saying before is that with fewer HR people who are stretched to do more work, 
it's harder to do get the whole interview process, hiring process, because you have fewer people and they're just working so, you know, so many hours and trying to do the best they can. So that's, yeah, that's a, That's an issue. That's a big problem. And what, what was the, uh, there was the HR and then what was the other thing you said, Chris? No, that, that was it. That was it. Yeah. So to wrap it up, I, I'm confident that eventually we'll work things out because historically this seems how it goes. It goes in these boom bust cycles, you know, boom, everything looks great. You know, bust, everything looks terrible. We're in this, I think, weird middle where we're not sure what's going to happen. And because there, as, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show with, you know, possible war that's going to escalate in the Middle East and drag in other countries, we still have Ukraine that, that could drag us in and other countries too. You don't know if China is going to try to take over Taiwan. You don't know if it's going to be a hard recession. So with all these things for both hiring managers and for, for people looking for a job, it just makes it that much tougher. And I, I know it's hard to kind of get your, your head around it because we don't want to be in a place like this. We want to be in a place where everything is booming and there are lots of jobs and lots of opportunities. But I feel the value add that I could bring to the table is from you know being a recruiter, with you know, with a search firm talking to people every day, writing for Forbes, interviewing people all the time, to get a sense of what's happening and impart that. So this way you can manage expectations. So you could understand what's happening. So when you come home from work and you speak to your spouse, partner, what have you, and say, you know, I feel a little better because I thought it was just me, but it's not. It seems this is happening to everybody. So there's some comfort in that that you feel hey, I'm not alone. This is something that's going on for everybody. Now, does that mean you find a new job and get that raise and promotion? No, but it helps with your mindset. It helps with your self-confidence and self-esteem, knowing that there are other people who are great, smart, accomplished, who we're all going through this together. So what I would suggest for this you know, episode to, to at least say, okay, now I get what's happening I, I get the game. I understand why I'm not getting that call back. I understand why maybe I didn't get that offer because I didn't realize all these nuances behind the scene. Scene. So I, ho I hope by sharing this, um, you know, it just just helps your psyche and makes you feel a little better. And for what it's worth, I feel better too because I see this happening all the time, and it's so frustrating because you know we all want to do things to change it and make it better. But when you have this kind of whole institutional way things are happening and you can't change it, it's frustrating. So I feel just from my part, by talking about it and sharing about it, it opens it up and it opens other eyes for people. And then maybe there could be changes. So enough people complain to their company and about the process that perhaps it could change and it could be more open and there could be more feedback and more constructive criticism and treating people nicely in the interview and, and taking care of them and not taking advantage of them. So, so maybe each thing could be a little step forward to make things better. So I appreciate, I appreciate you watching. I hope this was helpful. Please feel free in the comments where, uh, where we posted uh, the show. If you have any questions, if you want any help, you want any guidance, if you'd like 
for me to introduce you to a recruiter, a career coach, or a resume writer, or you just just have some questions, just feel free to reach out. Um, this is a time where I think we all have to help each other, and we all have to galvanize together because we're going to be going through this slog for a while. So if we, we all pull together and help one another, it could help. So thank you very much. I re I really appreciate you taking the time early in the morning to watch the show. Thanks.